your word as we look at this chapter. Lord, I pray that you would allow this uh, time to be a, uh, not only a time that we could learn Isaiah chapter number 11, but that we might uh, be able to uh, have your word challenge us, encourage us, uh, help us as we study the Bible together. Father, we love you. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. All right, well, we're there in Isaiah chapter number 11, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I understand that many of you have been out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, soul winning, and many of you helped a lot before the service this morning, after the service, and a lot of work went into our anniversary service this morning, so I want to, I'm going to do my best to preach not very long, okay? Now, don't hold me to that, because sometimes I say that, and it doesn't work out that way, but I'm going to try to do my best to, to, to give you some of the highlights. Highlights in chapter 11, and then we'll have cake, we'll have ice cream, we have the kids' jump house, and I want you to uh, fellowship and relax and just enjoy uh, our church family's fellowship together. Uh, but in, in chapter 11 here, if you remember last week, uh, in chapter 10 in the book of Isaiah, and if you weren't here last week or you didn't hear that ser- sermon, I would uh, challenge you to maybe go on our website and check that out. Uh, last week, we talked about the fact that uh, in chapter 10 we saw the picture, remember, of the Holy One and the Light of Israel as he uh, did battle with the thorns and the briars. Remember we saw the picture of the Antichrist versus Jesus Christ and how it represented Revelation 19 and the Battle of Armageddon and we got into all of those things. In Isaiah chapter 10, we saw the time which is known as the time of tribulation uh, in end times prophecy. In Isaiah chapter number 11, we see the next phase of that, where we go into the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, we get a view, and chapter 11 is one of the well most, I mean, I mean there's many well-known passages in the book of Isaiah, but chapter 11 is known as giving us some of the most information in regards to this coming kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you look at verse number 1, uh, we see that the, this is in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Now we've seen this before in Isaiah, but I want you to see it again. A rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch. Remember that phrase, branch, we studied out before? A branch shall grow out of his roots. Now keep your finger there in Isaiah chapter 11, that's our text for tonight, but go to Isaiah chapter number 4, and let me just show you a few things in regards to this rod out of the stem of Jesse, and the branch that shall grow out of his roots. In Isaiah chapter 4 is when we first saw this phrase, and we went and, and we looked at a lot of passages about the branch, and, and uh, we're not going to look at as many passages tonight, but I just want to show you a few just to remind you. Isaiah chapter 4, if you look at verse 2, the Bible says, In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely. For them that are escaped of Israel. So you see this idea of the rod, the stem of Jesse, and the branch that comes out of the rod and the stem of Jesse. Uh, Go to Jeremiah there in the book of Isaiah. Just one book over. Jeremiah chapter number 23. Look at verse number 5. Jeremiah chapter number 23. And look at verse number 5. Here we will see again this idea of the branch. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse number 5. Just one book over from the book of Isaiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah 23 and verse 5, the Bible says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David, you see David, 
a righteous branch. Do you see that? Now, if you remember from Isaiah 11.1, it said a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Jesse is the father of David. And it says, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, of the roots of the stem of Jesse. Here we're told that in that day shall the branch of the Lord, uh, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 23.5, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and the king shall reign and prosper. Now notice, when he raises to David a righteous branch, there's a king that's going to reign and prosper. And I want you to remember this phrase, okay? And shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. This king that is going to come out of David, the stem of righteousness, this branch, is going to be a king who's going to reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Go to Jeremiah 33. Look at verse 15. You're there in Jeremiah 23. Let's flip a few pages over to Jeremiah 33 and verse number 15. Jeremiah chapter 33. And verse number 15, Jeremiah 33:15 says, In those days and at that time will I cause, notice this phrase, the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David. Okay, so here we see again, a branch of righteousness that's growing up unto David. And he shall, remember this phrase, execute judgment and righteousness in the land. Now, uh, go to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation, the last book in the New Testament. Revelation chapter 22. And look at verse number 16. If you remember, Isaiah 11.1 1 says that there's going to come a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Isaiah 4.2 talks about the branch of the Lord. Jeremiah 23.5 said, I will raise unto David a righteous branch, uh, and he shall execute judgment and justice upon the earth. Jeremiah 33.15 said, the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. Revelation 22.16. I want you to notice, just to prove to you that this is the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 22. And when you get to Revelation, put your finger there or, or a bulletin or something there because we're going to leave there and, and come back to it uh, later on in the sermon. But look at Revelation 22, 16. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. Now notice what Jesus said. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So, Throughout the book of, of Jeremiah and Isaiah, we're told about this rod that's going to come from Jesse, who's David's father. We're told of this branch that's going to come out of the roots of David and out of the root of Jesse. And here Jesus Christ tells us, I am the root and the offspring of David. So, we know that this is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, go back in your Bibles a little bit to Revelation chapter 5. You're there in Revelation 22. Look at Revelation chapter 5. Look at verse number 4. Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 4. Revelation 5, 4, the Bible says, And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 4. Well, look at verse 5. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, notice this, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as they had been slain, that's Jesus Christ, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth unto all the earth. And he came and took the branch out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. So here we see the root of David. 
So I, I'm just trying to prove to you that this is Jesus Christ, this stem, this branch that comes from Jesse, that comes from David. Jesus is the root and the offspring of David. Jesus is the root of David. It's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now keep your finger there in Isaiah, uh, in Revelation chapter 5. Go back to Isaiah just real quickly. But keep your finger there in Revelation chapter 5. Look at Isaiah chapter number 11. Isaiah chapter number 11, and look at verse number 2. Isaiah chapter number 11, and look at verse number 2, okay? We saw verse 1, Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. We know that's Jesus Christ. I want you to notice something interesting in verse number 2. The Bible says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel, and might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. Now, if you flip back to Revelation chapter 5, look at verse number 6, okay? Well, let's just read verse 5 and 6. Revelation chapter 5 and 6. The Bible says, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So, in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 5, we're told about this root of David, right? In verse 6, the Bible says, And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as they had been slain, having, notice this, seven horns and seven eyes, which are, the seven horns and the seven eyes, represent the seven spirits of God. Do you see that? The seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. So in verse 5, we're told about the root of David. In verse 6, we're told about the seven spirits of God. If you go back to Isaiah chapter number 11, and verse 1, we're told about the root of David, right? The rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, we're told of seven spirits of God. Notice, and the Spirit of the Lord, if you count that one as the first one, we're told... In verse 2, and number 1, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Number 2, the Spirit of wisdom. Number 3, understanding. Number 4, the Spirit of counsel. Number 5, might. Number 6, the Spirit of knowledge. And number 7, of the fear of the Lord. So, in Revelation, we're told about the root of David and the seven spirits of God. In Isaiah 11, 1, we're told about the root of David. And in Isaiah 11, 2, we're told about the seven spirits of God. Now, I don't know that these seven spirits mentioned in Isaiah 11, 2 are the seven spirits mentioned in Revelation chapter 5. But uh, the, the guess would be as good as any, I would think, you know, those uh, seven spirits. I don't think that things are appear in the Bible just by coincidence. From this chapter, uh, I would like to quickly just explain to you a few things in regards to this millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And that was kind of all introduction, just so you can get an idea of who we're talking about and what we're talking about. Look at verse number 3, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 3. And shall make him, talking about Jesus of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Now remember, we're talking about the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. The coming kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. When the root and the offspring of David shall reign upon this earth. And he shall, uh, if you remember we talked about the fact that he's going to execute judgment. He's going to judge this world. Now, here's what's interesting. and I, I, I kind of want to give you a little bit of a yearning in regards to this millennial reign of Jesus Christ, something to yearn for, and something to look forward to, something to understand. In verse 3, the Bible says that there is coming a day when when Jesus will reign on this earth. Now, here's what you got to understand. Today, today, we can only judge based on what we see and hear. If you've ever, uh, um, you know... uh, 
been one of the, you know, had jury duty, and you have to be one of the jury members, you know, in a case, or probably more than likely some of you have been in court, you know, and you had, you were judged by 12 of your peers. Okay, that's supposed to be funny, all right? Here's the thing. When you judge that way, all you can do is present evidence, right? People can see it, people can hear it, and then you have to just be able to, to, to agree that they, you know, did commit the crime or didn't commit the crime, you know, uh, as reasonable as the evidence will allow you to. But there's coming a day, notice verse 3, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge, notice, he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. Neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Now, if you remember, in, in, in Jeremiah 23, it says that he's going to execute judgment and justice in the earth. It says that he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. Here's what you need to understand. Today, we can only judge based on what we see and hear. But one day, Jesus Christ, who is God, who is omniscient, who is all-knowing, who is everywhere at once, one day he will judge, and he will not judge based on what he sees and what he hears, but he will be able to do righteous judgment. He will be able to give accurate judgment. Look at verse 4. But with righteousness, the word righteousness means the quality of being morally right or justifiable. But with righteousness, uh, the Bible says, shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity. The word equity means fairness or justice in the way people are treated. With equity uh, for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. You say, why is it going to be righteous judgment? Why is it going to be equitable judgment, because he will judge according to his word, according to the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdles of his reign. So here's what you guys say. We can yearn for the day, we can yearn for the day that Jesus Christ will reign, and he will be the judge, and he will judge righteously, and he won't be you know, just restrained to, restrained to the evidence as he sees it, or the evidence as he hears it, but because he is God, and he is the word of God, he will be able to judge righteously. And as Christians, we can yearn for that day. But at the same time, I'd like to give you a warning with the yearning. That today, there is no righteous judgment. Today, people get taken advantage of. Today, people get lied about. Remember Isaiah chapter 10, look at verse 1. You're there in Isaiah chapter 11. Look at Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 1. You say, we yearn for the day when everything that is right uh, uh, will, will, will be the standard and, and every wrong will be made right and those that do right will be, uh, will be rewarded and you look for the day. And, and we do look for that day when one day there will be a judge on this earth who will know everything that is right and he will judge righteously. But you not need to understand, today, today, it's not, that's not the case. Isaiah chapter 10, look at verse 1. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 1. The Bible says, woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees, and that right grievousness which they have prescribed, to turn aside the needy from judgment, and to take away the right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey, and that they may rob the father. See, you need to understand, there's coming a day when there will be righteous judgment, but today, there is unrighteous judgment. Today, people can only judge based on what they see, and based on what they hear. And sometimes people have ulterior motives, and sometimes they are bribed, and sometimes they're not righteous, and they're not and you need to understand, today, we have to learn, as Christians, to turn the other cheek. Because sometimes, people are going to do you wrong. And today, we have to learn to forgive 
as we would like to be forgiven. And today, we need to learn to be long-suffering. And today, we need to know there is coming one day when everyone that seeks to do you wrong, will, there will be a righteous king that will know what actually happened and he'll know that you didn't deserve that and you'll and be able to judge righteously. But today, we're not in that kingdom. And today, we have to learn to deal with injustices. And don't let that... You're going to have family members, you're going to have friends, you're going to have people in your life that have done you wrong, and don't let that bitterness sink into your heart. Because today, we live in an unrighteous world. Now, I yearn for the day when we will live in a righteous society, with a righteous king that will make everything right. But today, I just want to warn you, we don't live in that kingdom. Notice verse 6. During the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, not only will there be righteous judgment, but during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, this earth will have peace. Notice verse 6. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Now that's interesting. A wolf is going to be living with a lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. A kid is a young goat. You're going you're gonna, to, in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, you'll be walking down, uh, you know, in the, in the hillside, and you're going to see a leopard and a, and a little, uh, you know, young baby goat cuddling together. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling, a young animal, uh, a fatling is a young animal that's uh, fattened for slaughter. The, the, usually a lamb. A lamb and a young lion, a calf and a, and a lion, are going to be cuddling up together, taking a nap. In this coming kingdom of Jesus Christ. Notice what it says. They shall be, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. Notice the last part of verse 6. And a little child shall lead them. There's going to be a day in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ when one of these little toddlers that we have here today, a child just like them, is going to be leading the, the procession of a lion and of a lamb and of a kid and of a leopard and of a wolf. Look at verse 7. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together. Just like you have cows and you have them, you know, in herds now and you feed them uh, grass, you feed them whatever it is, your hormones that you're feeding them to make them fat or whatever. So the, the, the cow and the bear are going to be fed that way. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the, notice, and here's why it'll be a peaceful time. The lion shall eat straw. In the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, carnivores will become herbivores. And animals that eat meat are going to eat straw. They're going to be vegetarians. Notice, like the ox. The lion will become like an ox in the sense that they eat straw. And, 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 and you'll be able to have a, a, a little lamb and a wolf and a little kid and a, and a leopard. And you'll be able to have a cow and a bear together. The lion is going to eat straw like the ox. Verse 8. And the suckling child. The suckling child is a child that is still nursing. A very young child. that's not even eating uh, you know, food on their own yet. They're, just, uh, they're, they're, they're still being nursed by their mother. That was it. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the ass. And after the venomous snake. Can you imagine a, a, a pit filled with venomous snake and allowing a little child that is still being nursed by their mother to crawl over there and play in the hole of the ass? Now today that would be insane. Today you think, what are you doing? Letting your kids play with... But, but in that day, it, it'll be fine. There, there will be no hurts. It'll be peaceful. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the ass. Verse 8. 
and the weaned child, this is a, a, a toddler, a little younger child that's no longer being nursed by the mother, the weaned child will put his hand on the cockatrice's den. Again, another dangerous serpent. They'll stick their hand in that den with all the serpents and play with those serpents. Now, it's not just peace between the animals. God is using this to explain to us and give us an example of peace within the animals. But verse 9 says, they shall not hurt. Now, that's not just the animals. That's, that's even human beings, okay? They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, here's, here's the thing. I yearn. Don't, don't you yearn for that day? Today, people talk a lot about peace and, and peace in the Middle East, and, and we need a plan for peace. But look, there can be no peace without the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. And today, we cannot have peace on this earth. But don't you yearn, and aren't you yearning for a day, a coming day in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, when there will be peace, will even animals will be at peace, an ox and a lion will lay together, and humans will live on this planet, and there will be no war, and there will be no hurt, and there will be no destruction. And I'd love for you to just study this passage and, and look forward to that, and yearn for that day when peace will come to this earth. But with that yearning, allow me to give you a warning that we don't live in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. There's coming a day when you'll be able to trust people. There's coming a day when you'll be able to allow your children to play with any animal and anyone out there. But that is not this day. So with that yearning, allow me to give you a warning that today we live in a day of destruction. You better be careful with your children. Better be careful. See, in that day, you'll be able to play with a snake. But today, there's a whole lot of Christians that are trying to play with a snake. And they better be careful because they're going to get hurt. Hey, Pastor, what are you talking about? Go to Revelation chapter 20. Let me give you a little play on words. Revelation chapter 20, look at verse 2. Okay, well, obviously, we would not allow our children to play with a snake. Obviously, we would not allow our children to play with a serpent. Okay, but you know what? Even more dangerous than a physical snake and a physical serpent that is venomous, there is a serpent in this world that you ought to be wary of. Revelation chapter 20, look at verse 2. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, 2, it says, and he laid hold on, that dra- on the dragon. Notice what he's called. That old serpent. You see that? Remember that from the Garden of Eden? The old serpent. Who is that? Which is the devil and Satan. And bound him a thousand years. Now look, there's coming a day when a serpent will not be dangerous. But today, serpents are dangerous. Be careful. You understand what I'm saying? Don't let your kids play with the snake of this world. Don't let your kids just sit down in front of the television with the serpent of this world and say, well, they're okay if they play with the world and they won't get hurt and they won't be influenced and they'll be okay. There's coming a day when you won't have to worry about that and we yearn for that day. But that day is not today. So let me give you a warning. Snakes bite. They destroy lives. Go to First Peter chapter 5. Look at verse 8. You're there in Revelation. You go back. You got Revelation, Jude, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, 1st, 2nd Peter. Revelation, Jude, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, 1st, 2nd Peter. 1st Peter chapter 5. This is a very well-known passage. 1st Peter chapter 5. Look at verse 8. 1st Peter chapter 5, verse 8. I want you to notice how Jesus, how the Bible describes Satan. 1st Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. Now notice, as a roaring what? As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may die. Now look, there's coming a day when you won't have to worry about a lion. They'll eat straw like an ox. You'll be able to put a lion next to a cow, no problem. There's coming a kingdom of peace, but today, don't play with that lion. You understand what I'm saying? 
Today, don't, don't, don't say, well, it's okay. I'll let my kids play with the lion. I'll let my kids play with the serpent. I'll play with the lion. I'll play with the serpent. And you know, there's coming a day when that peace will come. But today, there's that yearning for that coming day. But the warning for today is, be careful, because we live in a world where he wants to devour you. Jesus said to Peter, Satan had desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. And there's coming a day when you don't have to worry about it. But today, parents, be careful with your children. Be careful who you leave them with. That's why one of the reasons we have at Verity Baptist Church, we are a family-integrated church, and we keep the entire family together for the church service, and we don't separate your kids from you, because God gave you those kids for you to protect and for you to shelter, and we just don't know if a serpent might slip in here acting like they're one thing when they're not. And there's coming a day when a child can play with a serpent, a child can play with a lion, and they're okay, but today is not that day, so have be warned. Because today, there's a serpent that wants to destroy your family. Today, there's a lion that wants to devour you. Today, there is sin in this world. Today, there's destruction. Now, there's coming a day. We yearn for a day when there's coming peace. But today, there's destruction. So be careful. Go back to Isaiah chapter 11, look at verse 9. Isaiah chapter 11, look at verse 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. Now notice this word for. The word for means because of. Why will there be no hurt and why will they not destroy in all my holy mountain? Because in that day, the Bible says, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of God, of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. Remember, that's Jesus. Now notice this. To it shall the Gentiles see. In that, there's coming a day when the earth, the Bible says, is going to be full of the knowledge of God. When people will seek after God. The Gentiles will seek after the knowledge of the Lord and they'll seek after that root of David and we yearn for that day don't you yearn for the day when people will be seeking for the knowledge of God when, when it won't be like pulling teeth you know uh, to get people to come to church to hear the word of God don't you yearn for the day when we will be able to go to a church service and you won't have to listen to infallible man you won't have to listen to a, a pastor who's just trying to study the Bible and give you but we'll be able to sit down at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ himself the word Jesus Christ himself and have him teach us the Bible and have him teach us the word of God and have him show us the scriptures and open the scriptures don't you yearn for that day? I do but with that yearning let me give you a warning that today is not that day and there's coming a day when the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord but today the world is full of false doctrine because we don't live in that day Today, there's a lot of false doctrine. Go to Hosea chapter 4. You're there in Isaiah. You go past the book of Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. You've got the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter 4. Let me just give you a few verses. I told you we weren't going to be very long tonight. We're almost done. Hosea chapter 4, look at verse 6. Hosea chapter 4, look at verse 6. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. The Bible says this. Hosea chapter number 4 and verse 6. Hosea 4, 6 says this. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, what's interesting about that, if you cross-reference that with Isaiah, the Bible says that there will be no destruction, there will be no hurt. Why? Because the earth will be full with the knowledge of God. You see the, the, the opposite effect? When you have a lack of knowledge, you get destroyed. When you have a lot of knowledge of God, you have peace. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. 
Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. God says, you don't want to remember my law, you don't want to remember my word, you want to have a lack of knowledge, then I will forget you, and I will forget your children, and, I will, and you will be destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And here's what James understands. Go to Acts 17. Acts chapter 17. Look at verse 10. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 10. I want you to understand. We yearn for the day when one day the entire earth will have the knowledge. And if you think that our world has knowledge of God, you ought to just go out soul with us. Because yeah. you'll realize quickly that so many people out there have no clue what the Bible says. So many people out there have no clue what the Word of God says. They vaguely have heard of Jesus and they've maybe heard some stories of David and Goliath, but they don't know, they don't believe, they don't understand. Now look, one day, one day, this earth will be full with the knowledge of God. One day, and we yearn for that day, but today is not that day. So I'd like to warn you that today, we ought to do what the Bereans did in Acts 17.10. Look what the Bible says, Acts 17.10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming hither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. But notice what they did. They received the word with readiness of mind, but then they went home and they did this, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Now, Paul's one of the greatest preachers who ever lived. But this church, Paul stood up to preach the word to them. And they didn't have a bad attitude. They received it with all readiness of mind. But then they went home and they read the Bible for themselves. And they made sure that that's actually what the Bible said. Because there's coming a day when you won't have to second guess the preacher. There's coming a day when Jesus Christ, who wrote the word, who is the word, will explain the word. And it'll be exactly what he says, because he wrote it. But today, it's not that day. So you need to go home, you need to read the Bible, you need to study, because there's coming a day when the earth will be full of the knowledge of God. But today, there's a lot of false talk. Today, we need to be warned to search the scriptures daily. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, you find those key books, 1 Second Timothy, 2 Thessalonians, 1 2 Timothy, Titus, 2 Timothy chapter 2, look at verse 15. The Bible says this, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, study. Show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I look forward for a day when we'll be able to sit at the feet of Jesus and all be corrected. But today, as Christians, we need to give ourselves to the study of the word of God. Listen to very carefully what I said. I did not say to listen to videos on YouTube. I did not say to open up commentaries. I did not say to read articles. I said to open the Bible and read the Word of God. And, you know, I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm just annoyed by these Christians that bring up all this false doctrine. And you talk to them, they've never read the Bible cover to cover. But they, they, I've listened to a lot of videos on YouTube. Look, I'm not against you listening to videos on YouTube. We put our preaching on YouTube. But if you have to decide between listening to Pastor Jimenez on YouTube or opening up the Bible and reading it, you open up your Bible and you read it. Because that's what's what's going to have power in your life. Do you understand that? Commentaries aren't going to help you. Dictionaries aren't going to help you. The Word of God will help you. We must give ourselves to the study of the Word of God. Because today there's a lot of false doctrine. I'll be honest with you. You can't trust everything I say. I try to help. I try to make sure that I'm studying the Bible in its context. I try to prove everything we say. 
from the Word of God. That's why we turn so many references. You can look at it for yourself. You can write notes. You can go home and say, but look, I'm, I'm positive that I've stood up here and probably preached something incorrect because I'm a human being. I'm infallible. That's why you, not if they have a bad attitude, but you need to be ready to receive the Word of God, but then search the Scriptures daily whether those things are so. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Go to 1 John chapter 4. If you get to the Revelation, right before Revelation, you got Jude, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Revelation, Jude, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. I'm not... I, I, and I want you to understand, because... Because of our online presence, because of our church's involvement in films like After the Tribulation and New World Order Bible versions, because of the uh, just all of those things, we, we have a, a lot of people that hear about our church and come to our church and listen to the preaching, and, and I'm not against that. I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, we get found on YouTube, and I'm all for that. But what I've noticed is this. A lot of people listen to stuff on YouTube, and, and when you happen to listen to something that's good, praise the Lord for it, but then we get mixed up on a bunch of really nonsense. Because we're just clicking away at just someone that's going to itch our ears. And I'm all for listening to preaching. I'm not trying to put a damper on listening to preaching. But I have to ask the question, how much Bible reading are we doing? How much Bible memorization are we doing? How much study of the Word of God are we doing? 1 John 4, one says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits whether they are of God. Just because someone shows up with a Bible and says, I'm a Christian, let me teach you something, doesn't mean they came from God. Now, I did not say to have a bad attitude. Remember, they received the word with all readiness of mind. Be ready to receive the word of God. And don't come, be ready to hear from God. But, study to show thyself approved. But, search the scriptures daily whether the thing is But, try every spirit whether it be of God. But, you know, and, and if you want to, you, you say, well, I don't know that that's, then prove it from the Bible. Don't tell me what you think or what you experience, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you think, and it doesn't matter what you've experienced. Only one thing matters, what does the Bible say? Because when we have the Word of God, we'll have peace, we'll have righteous judgment, we'll have a utopia called the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. So study. You know, I remember when I was uh, a teenager, I had a pastor who encouraged he, he, he would encourage us and he would say no one this is what he said and, and I'm not I'm not telling you I, just, I thought it was good advice and I took the advice he said no one should be studying anything in the Bible until they've read the Bible cover to cover five times now look I, that's not in the Bible the Bible doesn't say that but I thought that was interesting because you know people want to get all involved and I'm studying this out I'm studying that you, you've, you've never read the Bible cover to cover one time how are you going to understand the context of all these different things and once you've read the Bible cover to cover one time, you know what you realize? Wow, there's a lot in there. There's a lot that I didn't get. And he, he would advise us, he'd say, you know, you ought to read the Bible cover to cover at least five times before you attempt to start studying anything. And I would encourage you to read the Bible. I would encourage you to read the Word of God. The best way to study the Bible, memorize it and read large portions of Scripture. You say, why? Why, Pastor? Because look, one day... One day, there will be no false doctrine. One day, the preacher will never be wrong. One day, the preacher himself will be infallible. And we yearn for that day. But today is not that day. So let me give you a warning. Read your Bible. Let me give you a warning. Study God's Word. 
Let me give you a warning. There's a lot of false doctrine out there. There's a lot of false preachers out there. And they may sound good. And they may sound like it makes sense. But when you pan it out to the word of God, it just doesn't add up. I look forward to the millennial reign of Christ. I'm yearning for the millennial reign of Christ. But till that day, let's be warned that today is not the millennial reign of Christ. Our hands. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our church. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to look forward to the day that you come back. I pray that you'd help us to look forward to the day that we won't have to worry about unrighteousness and we won't have to worry about death and we won't have to worry about destruction and we won't have to worry about people taking advantage over us and if they try to take advantage over us, there's a righteous judge that will judge righteously and we won't have to worry about false doctrine and we won't have to worry about those things. But today, help us to heed the warning that today is not that day. So today, when we approach the line, when we approach the serpent, help us to be careful. Today, when people do us wrong, when people treat us wrong, and they seemingly get away with it, help us to have your ability to turn the other cheek and to forgive them in our hearts and to not allow that bitterness to root in our heart. Today, help us to be wary of false doctrine. Help us to be readers of your word and understand the Bible. Lord, help us to realize that today is not that millennial reign. Help us to be cautious. Help us to be careful. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We love you, Father, in your precious name I pray. Amen.